fake, fake, fakety fake. Hi, I'm Jody. I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News, then contemplate why Don Cherry exists, why he is a thing, and can we retroactively make him not a thing? Great. <laughs> this episode we'll be covering the week of November 11th. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing well today. How are you, Jody? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Before we start, I had a question for you. Okay. Did you know that Ezra Levant is actually a hip millennial? It's lit, fam. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I can't even remember the context uh, in which he said that, but I was glad he said it. Oh, no. <laughs> so we, before we get into it, at this point, I would tell you about the fact that we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash imperial news, but we're all poor here. We get it. I don't have the money. You probably don't have the money either, and that's cool. We get it. But what you can do is leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Reviews are a free way of showing us and the world how much you love us and improve the chances of people stumbling upon our show. So again, if you can't afford to donate to us at patreon.com slash imperial news, please consider leaving a review. Now for the Imperial Roundup. Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo. All right, November 11th. A part of the, the first half of this episode will be dealt with the main segment. So we're going to push that to the side. But since it is Remembrance Day, Ezra does uh, what he says he does every single year, which is him reading a poem by Rudyard Kipling called Tommy. You heard of this poem? No, I have not. So the poem is about Tommy Atkins, and that's a name for like a generic soldier in Britain. And basically the poem is saying how soldiers during wartime are praised and heap all this glory, but like during peacetime, they're just ignored or whatever. And Ezra's like, I'm all choked up by it. And apparently he reads this poem every year on Remembrance Day. So I got to sit through that. <laughs> Nothing else in particular happens for Remembrance Day, but he reads the poem. Then in the interview portion of the show, he has on someone we've uh, talked about before, which is Lee Humphrey. And to remind you, he's... A veteran who ran for the Progressive Conservatives in Alberta. And for the most part, unlike a lot of his guests, there doesn't seem to be that much in his past I can dig up that's pretty shady or like weird. So whatever. <laughs> and, and I mean, it kind of shows in this interview, too, because the interesting thing is Ezra is really pushing this line that like, don't you agree with me that the liberals are like terrible for veterans? And Humphreys is being a little bit more... Uh, or, or a little less partisan going, no, they've done things to help. They could be better. And here's how they can make it better. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I can get on board with that. He also is strangely pro cannabis for veterans. He brought that up, even though Ezra wasn't even talking about it. And it's clear that like, we know that Ezra are that Humphreys is a veteran. And so these issues really matter to him. And I think he like 
cares about it. Yeah, so I think it sounds like he's prioritizing these issues before his own political beliefs or the political agenda that Ezra is trying to push. Yeah. And he might not actually be aligned with that. He might just be like, oh, they're conservatives like me. They want to do an interview with an old veteran like myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll come on in. Right? Like, Well, I mean, he's ha- he's been on a, uh, his show before, and I don't think I covered much of it before either. Uh, but it's clear that, that I think there's a camaraderie there. Like, I don't think he's... He was, like, confused of Ezra's positions on this. Okay. I just think that he takes it a little bit more to heart because he is a veteran. Where, like, he would rather try to work in a nonpartisan way to convince the liberal government to do the right thing about veterans rather than get into whatever Ezra is doing, which is, like, to always make the... Liberals seem like they're evil and just Trudeau is... sexual predator yeah yeah Yeah. just and loves muslims yeah he's a sexual predator slash terrorist (laughs) humphrey even makes a backhanded anti-capitalist comment which i thought was uh awesome (laughs) he talks about this notion in the military called fit for service and so the idea is that you want soldiers to be always uh at the like be fit for service at any time at any time right yeah and this means that you need to provide them with like breaks and sick leave and like other things because you don't want them to like get overstressed and then they leave and then that puts more strain on the soldiers that are left and then they get sick and then all of a sudden you have your whole military is sick right Mm -hmm. and he makes this argument and i'm like this is the exact same argument that a lot of people make uh and other (laughs) workplaces to pass bills to give better protections on labor which was the justification for the sick days that we were given in the liberal government before doug ford was elected with the help of people like ezra to remove those sick days which would have helped out as well but it was interesting to hear like it's okay to make a kind of socialist argument so long as it comes uh in terms of helping the soldiers but god forbid that it helps just workers that also need a sick leave yeah I mean, there's a lot of contradictions, um, I think, just being a veteran and also a conservative. And you said he ran for conservative party in where? Alberta. Alberta. I okay. can't remember where in Alberta. But... Okay. But like provincially or? Okay. Um, and... Well, it said progressive conservatives. I guess I didn't look look yeah. it up. But my guess is so either he ran for the conservative federally oh. years ago or it could have been recently in in uh, Alberta. Okay. Provincially, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, how could you, how could you favor a party that has actually defunded so many social benefits that would have helped veterans? Like when Stephen Harper was in governance, like he did so much to roll back, like just health benefits, even like childcare benefits, which makes the cost of living a lot harder. And while that might not seem like it's directly tied to veterans, it, it it does get tied to them because they're coming back home and not having any social supports to help lift them off their feet, right? Like you have nothing for mental health coverage as well. Yeah. And those are groups that are uh, high risk for mental illness, such as like PTSD. Um, you also have other health issues from going to war. And then you have not that coverage for medications. You don't have other um, coverage. So it's kind of ridiculous that you would adhere to one party that wants to roll back all those things that would actually <laughs> improve lives for veterans. That's the funny thing is Humphrey mentions the rolling back of mental health stuff. Yeah. But he doesn't say out loud, like Stephen Harper did this. But it's of course like, who else did it if not Stephen Harper? Oh, because then in the next line, he's talking about 
I want to believe that the liberals are going to stick to their words when they said they were going to improve uh, the quality of mental health. And he said at least they've put some money aside and all this other stuff. So again, he was being very like complimentary to Trudeau making steps in the direction of helping veterans, even though... Or even like housing and homelessness yeah. among veteran populations is a significant issue in Canada. And I do recognize it as an issue, right? It's just how could you go for a party that wants to make housing worse off? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand <clears throat> that. That doesn't help anybody. No. Anyway, so that was that show. That was Remembrance Day. And then we can move on to November 12th. And so the first half of this show as well, we'll cover in the main segment because big news, they talked about it for several days. Oh. But the interview portion is uh, someone new for listeners to this podcast in that she's never been on Ezra's show since we've been covering it. But I already knew who she is. Have you ever heard of Yasmin Muhammad? Um, no, maybe. So Yasmin is an ex-Muslim podcaster and writer. I knew about her because she's friends with Sam Harris and Majid mm. Nawaz and that whole community. And there's nothing much to discuss about the interview unless we just want to hear, you know... Uh, women are in death bags and uh, what was it? oh yeah Sharia law is everywhere oh, and yeah. there's rape gangs coming like that was <laughs> the whole interview was all about that but she does complain that she's uh, not taken seriously and that her friends that write anti-Christian literature get to make the rounds on cable TV talk shows but she's ignored because talking about the problems with Islam is seen as racist so she's ignored and in reality, I want to say that Yasmin is herself pretty racist and has said some really problematic things mm -hmm. that I think that the reason why she's not being allowed on to uh, sort of mainstream cable shows is probably because people don't want to platform someone who's super bigoted. And so I have a couple of her tweets <laughs> to, to sort of highlight some of the things that you've said. And you might be surprised because they don't directly have to do with uh, Muslim stuff. But here we go. So this is one of her tweets. There were approximately 4 million members of the KKK at one point, but only a tiny few ever lynched people. The majority were peaceful. <laughs> she also said, according to an ex-Nazi, Nazism is not a monolith either. Many of them are kids, grandmothers, etc. They adhere to the tenets as loosely as some Muslims. You'll only see the extremists on the street. What? <laughs> you know, not all Nazis are bad. You know, they just hang out at home and do normal people and things. And believe in white supremacy. Yeah. And in April, responding to a tweet by Ilhan Omar calling Stephen Miller a white nationalist, she pointed out that Miller is Jewish and that white nationalists don't like Jews. And as we now know this week, that uh, Stephen Miller's emails have leaked and he's clearly a white nationalist. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, very much so. So these might all be reasons why no other media organization wants to interview her for her new book, and which is why she relies on Rebel News or Dave Rubin or yeah. Sam Harris to Well, I think her. another issue, too, is when people want to critique the Islamic religion, they're not using it from, like, a philosophical or, like, philological perspective. Like, they don't actually go and dissect the texts themselves and to show the contradictions, where a lot of people that want to talk about issues within Christianity will actually 
go in the Bible and show the contradictions, show like they'll like do historical analysis to show how like changes have happened to make critiques about how it's written. It's not so much like we hate Christians and therefore like, well, that's the thing she talks. So the, her one friend who she says gets to go on all these cable news shows, Mm -hmm. she says, uh, I don't know if you know, are familiar with the Westboro Baptist church. Yes. So yeah, they were the ones who would protest uh, gay people's funerals, yes, yes, telling them yeah. that they'll go to hell and stuff like That's this. Horrible. Uh, one of the daughters of that cult, I can't remember her name, one of the Phelpses, she left the community and is now a kind of anti-cult type person and like okay. does speaking gigs. And she wrote a book recently. And so in that context, when Miss Phelps writes her book, she's not saying Christianity is bad. She's saying there was something particular about my cultic version of it that was a perversion of the thing yeah. and all this stuff. Oh. And similarly with like Yasmin, are not are dissimilar from that. Yasmin's book is more about how Islam itself is evil and bad. That's what I'm saying. Which is it's a completely just, different analysis. It, it becomes this extremely Islamophobic critique with a right. lack of evidence, a lack of supporting points. They can't even go back to the original text and do proper like translations or like dissection and analysis of those texts themselves. It's just like, this is bad because these people are just inherently bad and they're primitive and they'll go back to these extremely racist uh, points of view where it's even like you have Christians that critique Christianity, right? right? Especially when it comes to those specific groups that are like, oh, we hate gays or women are going to go to hell if they have abortions and like they're criticizing them because they're like, oh, the text doesn't tell you to actually do that. So you're just... Or here's a different spin on the text. Yeah, or it's just like you're just homophobic, right? It's not anything to do with the Christian religion. It's because people fall into these like little sects and think that that's what that religion is about, right? And And you have Muslim scholars that do the same thing to Islam. Yeah. And it's like, that's why it's like we're not... I mean, they always leap to this thing that somehow people on the left are just like, ra- are are trying to avoid being racist from being critical of Israel, or not Israel, uh, Islam. I'm critical of parts of Islam, or like the reasons that intersects with my own life in ways that are negative that I would want to criticize. Like, yeah. I'm not pro-terrorism when it happens, right? I don't stand up and go, yeah, do that, right? But it's even like people in the Islamic community, right, are very critical of terrorism in itself or extreme views because they understand the harm it causes and they actually say that goes against our religious beliefs like you're not supposed to do those things right like and it's supposed to be you know practicing a peaceful religion and it's supposed to be a way of life it's not supposed to be attacking people who don't believe in that religion or the advancement of western civilization right it's just you have groups of people that fall into these like cult like religions that are like subsects of the original religion and they're just like these extremely hateful rhetorics and then unfortunately when it comes to people who are not white that becomes the whole group's identity yeah and like this is how the grift works right i mean as soon as they say that we're not being allowed on the show because everyone uh is just afraid of islam that's how they're able to convince people that there's uh, that what they're saying like matters and you got to platform me and you got to get my voice out there. When really it's like, there's people who would get platforms, scholars of Islam and stuff like this that actually do the work and do the research and aren't coming at it from a position of uh, all Islam is bad and we need to get rid of them. Anyway, so that was, that was the 12th. 
And November 13th was solely dedicated to Sir Don Cherry. And so <laughs> that's three days in a row of Don Cherry, and we're going to get to that in the main segment. Just all Don Cherry? Oh, well. Oh, no. Or Don Cherry adjacent stuff, but all in all the vicinity. <laughs> and then on November 14th, Ezra decides to cover an incident where Jeff Sessions, he was uh, Donald Trump's attorney general before he got fired because he didn't recuse himself. Uh, he was protested recently at a university speaking event. And it's just another boring story, you know, leftists on campus or... Silencing the right, <laughs> preventing us from speaking. Yeah. So nothing special happens. Then in the second half, then in the second half of the show, Ezra is in a taxi talking about how he's back in the UK to help Tommy Robinson in a civil case. He doesn't actually spend any time on the case itself, but complains about how much money the prosecution and uh, the prosecution's lawyers are getting paid. So to understand what the case is, it's pretty ridiculous. The case is about a boy named uh, Jamal... Hiljizi? Probably butchering that. But anyways, he's a 16-year-old boy who's suing Tommy Robinson for libel because Tommy Robinson accused him of assaulting a white girl, even though there's absolutely no evidence that this occurred, including, I think, the, the girl who Tommy is claiming he assaulted. Her mother says, no, the, that boy didn't do it. But Tommy claims that he has the evidence and witnesses but doesn't want to have them come forward for fear of their safety. Oh. <laughs> uh, How so kind of him. That's what Ezra is going so to do. So Ezra UK. flew all the way to the UK. <laughs> he uh, sure did. He couldn't just call in. What a waste of money. Oh, yeah. And then he ends the segment by saying something really stupid. Uh, but in the UK and to an extent in Canada, there's a free speech tax. And it's only paid by conservatives, by the way. I'm unaware of conservatives suing liberals in nuisance suits to, to shut them up for political purposes, as I believe is being done to Tommy. It's only the other way. So did he get a law degree? <laughs> Can you explain that to me? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to get into it when we do our deep dive on his past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when he said that, the first thing that popped up into my head was, uh, I know someone, so and a friend of the show, his name is uh, Michael Buchert. And he's currently being sued by another student, Michelle DeFranco, because he called that student far-right and alt-right. And the reason why he called that student far-right and alt-right was because DeFranco had appeared on Gavin McGuinness's podcast and had other interactions with someone named Janice Fiamengo. She's a person who's big on the men's rights movement. She's pretty terrible. I know exactly who that is. <laughs> and he also referred to himself as Milo, referring to Milo Yolanda, yeah. Yeah. Indianapolis on Facebook, and uh, but then said, and I'm James Damore in real life. James Damore was the Google guy who was complaining about diversity hires at Google. Uh, <laughs> so I talked to, to Michael, and he had a laugh and ended up uh, posting that clip to, to Twitter. Uh, but anyone who doesn't know who Michael is, you can follow his uh, legal battle over at... I can't uh, believe... <laughs> Who has that money? Like this person must have some nice wealthy parents in order for them to yeah. go and sue and put all this effort over one little comment like that. Well, I was going to say, so you could you could find uh, Michael talking about his legal battle over on Twitter. So that's at M. Uh, Buchert. 
M-B-U-E-C-K-E-R-T, or on his GoFundMe page, which is ca.gofundme.com slash f slash legal dash fees dash board dash free dash speech. And Michael at least has made his, I think he put there for $20,000 to uh, to pay for legal fees to, to fight back against this. And like, I'm glad that it got enough media attention that he was able to, to get those fees to fight back. But again, you would think about it like if... And like any random student, because at this point, no offense to Michael, but you're just some random student who said something. And for another student to sue him because somehow you don't want to be associated or, with the far right, yet you you go on far right media? It's just nuts. No, or it's also like, like how many times in your life have you been insulted or had a comment to you that's been offensive or insulted? And just had the money to go... Yes, that's what I've been saying. It's just like, this person must have some rich parents that are helping support them. Yeah. Anyways, the one cool thing is uh, Michael has been posting on his GoFundMe page. So even if you go there, I don't think he's accepting any more money. Maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, But he is at least posting whenever he's done something new in his court filings. And so recently he had an update showing his anti-slap motion that they filed to dismiss the lawsuit. I actually think I've heard of this. Yeah. Probably. And so you can go and read that stuff. It's very interesting. And uh, we wish Michael the best. <laughs> and Ezra's full, like, that. I just couldn't believe that. Like, somehow he thinks that only right-wingers get I sued. just hate that he called it a tax. Yeah, tax. I'm, I'm just like, do you... What? We're taxed being right-wingers. We just have to pay the lawsuit tax. <sighs> when it's like, here's the thing is... No offense, but the right wing has all the money. Yeah, and Ezra's, Ezra's uh, litigious himself. Like, <laughs> that club funding, right? Yeah, so, he, yeah. Remember, there was like a previous episode where he said something already that he spent something like $380,000 this year on like litigation. So it's like, don't fucking come at us being like, oh, it's always the left attacking us. You like, have the money. You sued like crazy. sued people multiple times during the elections to be let him in. Yeah. <laughs> so he could ask the most ridiculous questions to the political candidates. He's just, he's standing up. He's fighting back because they've been taking it for too long. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anyways, that was the 14th. And we're going on the last day. We're now on Friday, November 15th. So a quick week. Yeah, because it's all about Don it's Cherry. Jesus Cherry. Uh, Ezra is upset about the laying off of iron mine workers in none of it. And he says that they're closing due to environmental activists. Mm, of course. And there might be subtle, very, very subtle truth to that. But in reality, most of the jobs are contractors uh, who are not from none of it. Although some of the contracts are. Uh, from none of it, but most of them aren't. And something the company said they would not do is fire Inuit people. And yet, uh, with these layoffs, they are, in fact, firing Inuit people. The issue that's going on here is this company wants to expand and build a railway. And there's this board that was formed called the Nunavut Impact Review Board. And they're assessing the environmental impact and the extent to which they want to help to expand this project. And they adjourned recently, and that left the company in like this weird position about whether or not they want to go forward with the building and stuff when they're Mm -hmm. not sure how this contract's going to go. And so they did all these layoffs, and those are the reasons that they gave. But the thing is, those people were hired until December, and so they let them go a month earlier than what their contract said. 
And they're claiming it was because of not knowing whether they're going to move to phase two of this project. But they weren't hired because of phase two of the project. They were hired for like other things. So they just let them go. Like, so I don't know why they let them go other than like, they just want to make a show about like, well, if you don't give us phase two, we're going to like let people go or something like, yeah, I don't know. But Ezra makes it sound like it was the environmental activists that stopped. Was there any proof of that? He has a a clip of this woman and we're going to get to it in a second. Okay. (laughs) Who's like one environmental activist on Twitter that I don't know what power she has in any of this, but anyways. The one thing that, before we get to that, that I just had to highlight was the way Ezra talks about this mine is fucking creepy. (laughs) I described it as Ezra having an iron boner. Uh, But I'm immediately as proud of this mine as I am of the oil sands, even though I have no connection to it. I'm just proud that that they're doing this. I'm, I'm proud that this actually happened. And frankly, I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't know about the scope of it, the scale of this. Look at this. Look at what they're doing. Iron. Look at the red. Look at that red iron. Look at that's what it looks like in the spring and summer. Doesn't that look nice? <laughs> look at that iron. Oh, look at that iron. That is some red fucking iron. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it was so like the rest, it was so weird because the whole time he's just like, look at the buildings. Oh, they're so big, and oh, look at all the equipment, and it's shiny, and oh, like the whole episode was like this. Uh, it, was, it was super weird. He also spends like an inordinate amount of time focusing on the fact that, uh, oh my God, like 600 people, that's like laying off 3% of the province's population. But as I said, like these people aren't uh, from none of it. They're, they're contracted in. So it's not like you're laying off a 3% of none of its population. And and that's what, the other thing is, again, I said, they're not, they weren't, they were never supposed to be permanent jobs anyways, but whatever. <laughs> so then comes in with this woman. So apparently this activist on Twitter basically said that this mine would affect some of the uh, hunting activities of the Inuit. Okay. And there's some truth to that. Like, say if the mine is got a lot of pollutants and then affects the seals and, and so forth, right? So I don't know how much truth is in the claim, but again, all I can figure out is this is just some like random Twitter personality. But then it goes from that to him basically being sexist, racist against indigenous people, and then he throws in a bit of transphobia randomly on the span of a minute based on this tweet. You work for the government like Amanda does, you got jobs no matter what, if you call them jobs. I mean, good jobs for a white girl (laughs) being in environmental communications. Yeah, how about real jobs for real Inuit families, like digging iron? Well, Amanda says they'll have to wait because she's got some belongingness issues or something. It's not just white Southerners, of course. Let's be honest, there are plenty of Inuit politicians and bureaucrats who are against this mine, too. Usually, they're just trying to extract a few more million dollars from the mine for this or that pet project. We've seen this even in Attawapiskat. They shake down the mine for a million here, a hundred grand there. I don't want you to think it's only white liberals from the South at work attacking Baffinland Mine. But about that, I mean, if Justin Trudeau's Bill C-69 which applies to mega projects. If it were to be applied to this mega project, of course, it would kill it. That's the new law, remember, passed by Trudeau that adds layer upon layer 
of new environmental regulations to any large project. It adds transgender reviews. The intersection of sex and gender with other identity factors. I swear to God, I'm not kidding. It adds so many airy-fairy things to real life. Uh, I mean, real life in Baffin Island. Let's build a road. Let's build a rail. Let's dig stuff. No, no, no. Whoa. Hey, Iron Miner, you sit down. Have you done your transgender analysis yet? <laughs> That's right. I transgender people are getting in the way of building roads. I'm so confused <laughs> to where that was going. Like, I don't even know. At first, I thought he was talking about like this girl not having a real job. Because she works for, like, the, what, did he say environmental? Yeah, I guess he, she works for the government uh, for environment. And then he's, like, bureaucrats and diplomats, like, they're all, like, not real jobs. Nope. That's what it almost felt like. Only but digging I, ditches. But I'm so confused Be because it's, like, Ezra is a podcast host and not a real job. <laughs> like, I'm really confused. Like, Ezra I wonder, doesn't have a real job. I'm just confused. Who does he see himself as, then? <sighs> Daddy, I'm a failure. Could you imagine? Like, <laughs> I'm not digging a ditch. <laughs> the justification you must, like, the twisting of reality you must put in your head in order to not have cognitive dissonance with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm just really confused. But then it starts going into this, like, transgender. I'm so confused where that was going. I don't know. What uh, like, I was, was. thinking he was going to try to beat a record and just cover. I was surprised Muslims weren't brought up. <laughs> just because even, even the thing about indigenous people was pretty uh, offensive. Of just like, they're either for the mine and taking the money, <laughs> or they're finding some way to like swindle mining companies of millions of dollars. Like, that's the only reason they could oppose these things, right? No, and then Justin Trudeau somehow got thrown in there too, and oh, I'm yeah. still, still confused. Because he passed, he was so supportive of trans people that somehow he made it possible <laughs> that when you build a road, you better consider those trans people. Uh, <laughs> I love how he said that a transgender analysis is the intersection of different genders. I was like, what? I love that, actually. Like, I just want to say, we would like to build this road. Okay, let's have a transgender analysis. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so it moves on. It gets even better. So Ezra has on a guest named Gerard uh, Lushishin. I think it's very similar to my last name. So I don't know if I think I'm pronouncing it right, but probably not. And he works for the Frontier Center of Public Policy. Okay. So just to give you a heads up on how great this uh, <laughs> this think tank is. The Frontier part, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they deny global warming, obviously, like any right-wing think tank would. Uh, but back in 2018, they received criticism for a radio ad that claimed that there has been no lasting effect on the indigenous community, given the history of residential schools. So they happened, but they have no residual effects. And for a reminder for people who didn't listen uh, last week, the last residential school closed in 1996. Mm -hmm. So there could be people my age who have lived through that yeah, experience. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Gerard is being interviewed by Ezra for a report that he wrote claiming that Alberta and Saskatchewan deserve access to the sea. And it is at this point that I realized that this is the guy who constructed those crazy maps on Twitter that show Alberta with like a wing and Saskatchewan with a wing connecting to <laughs> uh, Hudson Bay and the ocean. Although 
the BC axis point, you can tell like Alaska still comes down and there's like a little a little window of room for them to build that pipeline to, to hit the water. And <laughs> so it's just amazing that Ezra hunted this guy down to find him, to have him on the show to, to talk about this. And the thing is, the interview is so stupid. The whole thing is basically Gerard going, no, like we could totally do it. You could just like, there's been precedent. And he tries to go through like, all the way back to like the forming of the country and how like borders have changed since then. That therefore, <laughs> you can magically just change the border. Wigs it. Well, <laughs> just you do it. Change the border. Like that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, do you change the border it? first and then you have to wigs it? Because you can't wigs it and then change the border. Because then BC is like, you're not like, what are you going to take us over and invade us with the Alberta army and annex that land? You can't do that. So you have to change it first, and then wakes it. <laughs> That's it. That's the week. So, Caitlin, the first period is I'm over. I'm already so sick <laughs> of hearing Don Cherry's name. Ezra has been falling all over the ice. He can't seem to get that puck in the net. I think we need to turn to the only team on TV with the power to analyze every single play. Right. So my dad loves hockey, <laughs> and every night throughout the season, I'd always hear that fucking theme song playing. Oh, and yeah. I'm just so done with it. That theme song, because everyone's talking about Don Cherry, has been playing in my fucking brain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross. Uh, so yeah, what does Don Cherry mean to you? I guess as two Canadians sitting at this table, what has been your Don Cherry experience going through life? Um. Fun suits, one of the <laughs> ugliest dog breeds in the world. I'm not talking about Don Cherry. I'm talking about his bull terrier. Not a fan. He was um, given that as a gift. Really? Yeah. But I think it was given to him as a gift from the Boston Bruins that he was coaching at the time. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he really did anything in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I think he played one, one game. One game. Yeah. yeah. But he um, coached. He, yep. Yeah. Uh, racist. Mm-hmm. Sexist. My dad calls him a total white boy, or what we like to call in Italian, a manja cake. Um, oh. Yeah, like embarrassingly white. That's what my dad <laughs> said to me yesterday. <laughs> he was okay. like, he's one of those guys that just want to say whatever they want to say without thinking it through first, and then oh, go yeah. and drink some beer after. A total knucklehead. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what Don Cherry. Oh, um, number one customer at Fabricland. Is he number one? Oh, because of his stupid suits. There's like an <laughs> Onion article out there that was like, Fabricland loses its number one customer. Jesus. Files for bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I, being a young boy, raised in a family that really enjoyed hockey. So, my. Grandpa used to play hockey and uh, played it up until he was like 60 or 70. And my dad, he used to play it 
along with like lacrosse and like other Canadian things. But the only reason I didn't like actually play hockey was probably because my parents couldn't afford like equipment and stuff like that mm-hmm. to like send me to it. But I'm sure if they could, I would have been playing hockey too and probably turned out as a different human being maybe. I don't right. know. But it, growing up, like a lot of my cousins played hockey uh, and we would all watch the uh, Rock'em Sock'em hockey videos that he had. Basically, Don Cherry had like this video series that was just basically like, look at this fight! And just see like hockey players yeah. like beating the shit out of each other. And it's like weird because like there was a period where I, I kind of stopped watching hockey and sort of, so it never struck me that Don Cherry was a racist back then when I was like a little kid. Like no, we even had, we even had a, uh, a, I think it was in grade two. And like it, this memory has stuck in my head. We had a class where we were like going through the greatest Canadians of all time. So this would have been like 93, 94. And on that list was Don Cherry. It was like Don, I remember Don Cherry and David Suzuki. Cause I think those are the two people that like I covered in the class. Okay. Uh, and it's just weird that he was one of the options as like a great Canadian, because what is it? What did he do other than like host coach's corner and sometimes spout bigoted shit? Yeah. Uh, but getting to like so his because one of the things with him too is like he was very pro the hockey players beat the shit out of each other yeah. and like why would you wear safety equipment like go get your concussion like that's <laughs> earning your stripes or, or whatever right? Uh, and it, it struck me as like really weird when I got older and I went back to watching hockey and there was like one night where both teams just sort of like got out of the bench and just all of them were beating the shit out of each other. And I pondered like what other activity in the world could you just do that and not get arrested? <laughs> you know, like, like say you're at work. Or at school, and you got two departments. Okay. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, one of them like slights the other, and so you have the sociologists and philosophy students just fucking going at it. I, I feel like it would be more so of sociology and psychology because we tend to argue a lot, with <laughs> or the economists, or something like that. And then she'd be like, it's just part of the game. It's like just a weird attitude. I mean, at least with. Uh, boxing or mixed martial arts like i'm still weirded out by that too but like the fighting is a part like it's embedded in the game like it wouldn't yeah. be a game if you didn't have the fighting yeah we're in a hockey like brawl like the whole bench is clearing and everyone just beating the shit out of each other <laughs> yeah like... well actually it's just it's a really odd concept because i played rugby uh through high school i played like after school programs on a rec team and then i also played on my high school's team as well and i like loved the sport growing up um and when i tell people i played rugby they're like oh that's such an aggressive sport that's so much like violence and i was like it's probably the least violent game compared to other sports because you're not allowed to physically have physical contact with people who aren't holding the ball so it, one of the rules is if you tackle someone or you like, you know, try hit someone or like whatever, just touch someone, try to push them over and they don't physically have the ball, you you get penalized for that because it's all about safety and it's making sure people don't get concussions. And so it's just crazy that there's a sport that, that encourages <laughs> that behavior because yeah. it's like even professional rugby players where like a part of the game is tackling people down to the ground. 
is like you just don't do that that's just that's rude it's offensive you don't do that to other people it's not sportsmanship like it's just like you don't no go don't do that because you're going to really hurt someone so why do we have games or sports sports or games whatever (laughs) um for adults boys playing with toys really to me yeah that's what it seems like um i just don't understand why that's a thing like i think it should just be taken out of hockey because there's no skill and there's nothing that like there's no play or move right that helps you win the game by doing that it's actually destructive and it's really just for fans to get a laugh you just don't like real sports with men being men and digging ditches and punching each other in the face you don't get it because you're not a real man yeah of course (laughs) so we'll get to uh ezra's coverage of don cherry and he starts off on monday which was remembrance day by framing the two main issues he has with the firing of Don Cherry. And the first is that Don Cherry was merely fired for telling people to wear a poppy. That's his first claim. And his second claim is that a majority of Canadians do not approve of the firing of Don Cherry. And he refers to them as the silent majority. Now, this is a weird claim in particular, because if they're silent, how do you know that they're there? (laughs) Let alone the majority. Uh, but you could tell like this whole framing, even the first one, right? So what we're going to show is that within three days, his narrative of this constantly shifts, <coughs> but you can see right here on the first day is that Don Cherry was merely, merely fired for telling people to wear a poppy. Had nothing to do with the racism. All that has been stripped of it. It's like, what's wrong with telling someone to wear a poppy? There's nothing wrong with that. The other thing is that Ezra thinks that Don Cherry being fired is actually a conspiracy theory cooked up with Sportsnet and the CBC, but also social media and the liberal government. And (laughs) he does this consistently through the next three days. I love it. But there's nothing to tie it together. (laughs) So we're going to, some of the clips you'll hear him like saying that and there's no evidence. And when he does try to give, uh, what he considers to be evidence. We're going to show you why that's just complete nonsense and stupid. So uh, now that we've we've got that out of the way, here is we're going to play what Don Cherry said, and then Ezra's going to have a few things to say after hearing that. You know, I was talking to a veteran. I said, I'm not going to run the poppy thing anymore because what's the sense? I live in Mississauga. Nobody wears, uh, uh, very few people wear uh, a poppy. Downtown Toronto, forget it, downtown Toronto, nobody wears a poppy. And I'm not going to wait. He says, wait a minute. How about running it for the people that buy them? Now, you go to the small cities, and you know, you, you know those, the rows on rows, you people love, you, you, they come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you can pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys pay the... Uh, the biggest price. Anyhow, I'm going to run it again for you great people and good Canadians that bought a poppy. I'm still going to run it. Anyhow. Love you for it. Tough to disagree with Don Cherry. He wants more people to buy poppies and he wants people who come to Canada from other countries, newcomers, to show respect to the people who built Canada, made it the land of milk and honey, as he says. And they made it that way by making enormous personal sacrifices in wars. I got to say, it's tough to disagree with that. Ron McLean certainly agreed. He nodded along, gave it a thumbs up and said, I'd love you for it. 
afterwards, pretty normal Don Cherry type stuff. In fact, more normal than he normally is with his crazy outfits, high collared shirts, and he loves making up words and phrases. <laughs> he loves making up words and phrases. Uh, that he does. But there's a few things that are, are weird that are already coming to light here, which is that he wants to move from the you people thing being about... Uh, it had nothing to do with immigrants. He was like the second thing. And really, he was just saying everyone should wear a poppy, including new immigrants who should also wear a poppy. Uh, and Ezra will later deny that this has anything to do with racism. But the thing that's like easy to point out is like how... How can you spot an immigrant from a non-immigrant to know that it's the immigrants who aren't wearing the poppies? And so people are making the conclusion, and I think rightfully so, that what Don Cherry is saying is that he sees a bunch of brown and black people not yeah. wearing poppies, and therefore thinks you people, immigrants, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And that's the racist part. Like, yes. like Ezra yeah. the whole time like doesn't get that through his head. He just thinks, how could anyone be calling him racist? What's racist about that? So that's, that's what's racist about that. The other thing that really annoys me, and uh, I think we were talking about this online the other day, is this whole bullshit about they paid for your way of life and this like stupid soldier worship. And the thing that I've always been responding to people is like, how did uh, sending troops over to Afghanistan somehow make me more free before we did that? Other than killing a bunch of brown people in Afghanistan. But, but it's okay, but it's not even that. It's like, let's go back to the origins of Remembrance Day, which is World War One. These men were conscripted out. They weren't chosen. They didn't choose to go do this. It was a government that put legal um, or a legal proposal out that they'll be conscripted to war and forced to go to war to yeah. fight for the country, in a war that was fucking moronic, to be honest. A bunch of oligarchs bitching about land. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it was just like an arms race at the beginning. And then you have this archduke that dies and it's just, it becomes a whole catastrophe, right? Like, um, but it's just ridiculous because it's like, I'm pretty sure they didn't want to go to war. A lot of these men. Um, I mean, even if they did, I mean, like, it depends on why they would want to go. I mean, World War One is one of those things where I side more with, say, like a Bertrand Russell who went to jail for protest in World War One. But World War II gets a bit more complicated. Where like I could see wanting to fight World War II, in particular, out of all the wars. Yeah, uh, sure. It's just why am I celebrating something that was horrific, that was forced upon a group of people? I don't really agree with that. In addition, if the people are coming from other countries, they probably had countries with different sides of the war. For example, if he, because he is referring when he's saying you people although he doesn't want to publicly admit it, he probably slipped up and didn't mean to say that, but that's what he was thinking, mm -hmm. is a lot of people were under like British or French rule or the Spanish rule at that time and were enslaved from those countries or had them dictating or forcing people also from those countries to go to war, even though it wasn't they weren't a part of the war, especially people in Africa. Like, that's not okay. Why would I want to celebrate something? That's not freedom. That's your country forcing that upon me. Yeah. I don't really agree with that. It's also like, why do I want to wear a poppy when it's like my family came from like a fascist Italy? And it's just like, it's just a different, <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't grow up like in Canada. I don't really have that Canadian heritage where I feel like 
I'm a part of this Canadian. Like, that's what the poppy becomes but about. Even, like, like, I grew up in Canada and I don't have that connection. Like, I get really annoyed by it because it's just become like a war drum beating rather than like actually having to do with uh, supporting the troops in any meaningful way. Which is why, like, getting back to like, the Lee Humphrey interview that he had earlier, like, yeah. I'm, I'm really pro helping the people once we've already sent them there. Like, if our government decides to send them a war, Yes, let's have the like post-traumatic stress treatments and all this other stuff and support them, one hundred percent. But like, it becomes basically that somehow we have to worship the soldier. Like these wars were like noble causes, and most of the wars throughout history are not noble causes. No, not at all. And like in the case of World War One, like I feel bad that they were forced to go. That's, but like yeah. in our modern wars, they're not forced to go. Like we have a volunteer army. Like, you you could have refused. If you were a soldier today in Canada, you could have refused to go to your Afghan war. Now, you probably would have, like, received sort of, like, pushback from your superiors or your colleagues who were like, well, why aren't you going there, yeah. right? But you still have that capability of not wanting to go. And so you should, in my mind, because of how uh, non-consequential to Canada but also harmful to the world that war was, like, you shouldn't have gone. It was basically a revenge killing for something that they didn't even do because most of the hijackers on 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia. And then they just chose Afghanistan because they thought Osama bin Laden was living there when really yes, he was yeah. living in Pakistan. So, <laughs> Well, another thing, too, is, like, Remembrance Day, I think, was about remembering, like, the point of it was to actually remember, like, the atrocities of war. And it was a time to reflect, like, let's not do this again. Yeah. And that's the problem with this whole rhetoric is because you create this otherizing rhetoric when you're talking about we need to support our country and our, our troops, troops yeah. and our people, right, against the others. And if you're going to come and join Canada, you need to be a part of our team and adhere to our culture and our way you of better life. better wear our poppy. Our, yeah, because yeah, we fought for you to even be able to come here. But I'm like... No, you didn't. You slaughtered a bunch of indigenous people, took over land, had senseless wars. Then it's even like World War II, if you want to get into it. It's like you have fascism. I had two grandfathers that were both in concentration camps for refusing war conscription. I don't really see that as a thing that I really want to remember and celebrate. It's something that I'd like to remember as something not to fucking do. Like fascism's not fucking cool. And we like, should be remembering that lesson all the year long. <laughs> that's what it should be about. Or it's like imperialism, which was a huge issue even in World War One, right? Yeah. It's about this this imperial imperialist advancement of these countries is something that we need to really reflect on and be critical of. And if Remembrance Day was about teaching the new generation about those problems, about the failures of actually our past that created these wars, instead of celebrating people like they're heroes because they fought against en en enemies, it would be a lot better of a celebration. And I think that's what it should be about. It should be about like remembering like the capabilities that men can do. Well, people in general yeah. can do millions of men um <laughs> uh You're so sexist I mean, whatever. Yeah. mainly men uh to others and what what we can actually cause that could be very horrific or it's even like teaching people about fascism like in germany for example they have so they have like days like that and it's something to be like shunned because it's like you don't want to praise fascism you don't want to praise that history you want to learn from it and teach your younger generations why that's bad so the country doesn't fall back into that 
And that's why we do the show. <laughs> Ex- I, I, exactly. Um, yeah. But it's just, I just really hate that. Because I've had so many people come up to me, like especially older people. Um, and they'll say like, why aren't you wearing a poppy? And I always just make the joke. I'm like, my relatives are from Italy. Why would I? I was on the other side. Like, I'll like just say like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, but it's just. Um, I always just say I'm not for war. And I don't, I, I remember the atrocities of fascism constantly. To be honest, when people talk about why aren't you wearing poppies and have this rhetoric about like, we need to support our country and our people, it actually just reminds me of fascism. So I'm just like, you're actually just promoting fascist rhetoric. It's like a light version of it, but yes. Which is why this is coming from people like Ezra and Don, who are on that spectrum uh, of, of fascism. The last part of that clip that I thought was just weird was he talked about how Don Cherry isn't normally normal, but in this clip he was being normal or something like that. And then the rest of the episode, he keeps on referring to Don being, he's just a normal guy. But then you wouldn't have had to say that he was surprisingly normal. Pretty normal guy, which is why he's so popular and why so many second-rate journalists, especially other sports journalists and especially journalists at the CBC, hate him because he's better and they hate that. So there was this fake storm of protest. They just faked it. No one real was upset by this. No normal people. It was all his rivals or leftist politicians, people who had been holding a grudge for years. And they started going nuts because... Don Cherry is the last conservative in the mainstream culture. Um, So here's a Trudeau MP tweet. He simply needs to leave hockey night. It's time. That's Peter Fragiscatos. (laughs) So now we have the liberal government saying who should or shouldn't be on television. Peter's got all the powers. It's Trudeau's Canada. And really... We know where the liberals stand on veterans already, don't we? All Peter had to do is with a single tweet, manipulate all media. (laughs) 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 I'm sure Peter wish he had that much power. (laughs) So for those who don't know, Peter Fragiscatos is at least my member of, of parliament. Is this where you live now? Is that still technically in the No, party? it's with Lindsay Matheson. Okay, so yeah. just my member of parliament now. <laughs> and uh, we had we both had lunch with him at the start of the election, so that was fun. Uh, but he he really... I mean, this is like one of the, the stuff that we agree with him on. Like, he's been pretty good with immigration stuff. And so as soon as uh, Don Cherry said what he did, he shot off his tweet, just basically saying that he shouldn't be on TV anymore. Yeah. And I checked it today while like preparing for this episode and that tweet like got ratioed to hell. And I'm guessing it's because Ezra mentioned it on the show because normally uh, Peter gets like maybe 20 likes. (laughs) But there was something like 400 or 500 comments of people like, how dare you? Uh, Well, (laughs) he's now in the eyesight of all the fascists who think that he's evil. And it's like, I don't like him for other reasons. Well, I'm sure he, as an individual, is a nice person. I just completely disagree with him on everything. But it's so weird, like how often there's like people from London that Ezra's talking about. He's really focused. We're on just a popular town, yeah, or a city. <laughs> but I mentioned I, I 
uh, tweeted at Peter. He still hasn't gotten back to me. He usually does. And I was just like, if you're wondering why your Twitter blew up, it's probably because Ezra mentioned you on his show. <laughs> the thing that I don't get is, so he says that like all the people attacking Don Cherry are either fake or uh, what do you say? Or they're not normal. So, so like those are your two options. You're either if you criticize him, you're not normal, or you're fake. Yeah. So um, that's weird. <laughs> and you can tell here, like what he's trying to. Uh, this is the th- whole thing with the silent majority talking point too. It's this whole notion that all the normal people, all like those people, who don't get involved in the censoring and the free yeah. speech stuff. Like all all of them are like just the normal people. Fascists are normal. Can't we all just be normal? Uh, and it's a way of like again trying to normalize something that shouldn't be normalized. That and like there's tons of evidence that this wasn't all fake and, and all that. So the the complaint board had like record numbers of complaints when this happened that they had to like shut down their system because they couldn't take anymore. So <laughs> and those weren't coming from just fake people or. I mean, unless he wants to say that a large portion of this country is not normal, whatever the hell yeah, that yeah. means. But, uh, he then plays this random clip of a woman criticizing Don Cherry, and it gets pretty rough at the end. Get a load of this woman, who I think is a weird bigot. I don't even know what the word racialized means. Do you mean visible minority? I don't know. And I notice she isn't wearing a poppy while she's shouting at Don Cherry. Take a look. I don't need to be told by you that my poppy will represent my support of vets. I hated the way that he did that. I thought that he was absolutely looking and pointing fingers at people of color, racialized communities, because he didn't see enough poppies. So that translates into racialized communities not caring about this country. I'm sorry, it was unacceptable. I would love to see Don Cherry replaced. Of course you would, dear, but we don't believe in censorship in Canada just because you're angry and call someone a racist who, by the way, didn't mention race at all. And by the way, um, put on your poppy, you ingrate. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Someone's a bit agitated. Yeah, that happened. And he gets so mad at this woman who, and the whole like notion of race there, it's like he still can't connect it to. Like the reason was because he he was interpreting not seeing poppies to being immigrants or not wearing poppies largely because he was probably picking out the color of the skin of the people yeah. he was perceiving not wearing the poppies and then so that so he goes off on this woman but then he really goes off on ron mcclain but look at judas mcclain the very next morning judas he killed christ address what happened last night on hockey night in canada don cherry made remarks which were hurtful discriminatory uh, which were flat out wrong. Uh, we at Sportsnet have apologized. Uh, it certainly doesn't stand for what Sportsnet or Rogers represents. Uh, we know diversity is the strength of the country. Uh, we see it in the travels with our show and with Hockey Night in Canada. So I owe you an apology too. That's the big thing that I want to emphasize. I sat there, uh, did not catch it, did not respond. Um, Catherine Tanise, uh, it's a son of First Nation, uh, once said, uh, in any wrongdoing, the, the real key is recognition and acknowledgement. And I wanted to let you know uh, that first. Uh, and then you work on the relationship uh, so that it isn't divisive, so that something can be a, a unifying event. Uh, Idle No More was a great lesson to all of us. Last night was a really great lesson to Don and me. We were wrong, uh, and I sincerely apologize. And I wanted to thank you uh, for calling me and Don on that last night. Hurtful, dis- discriminatory, 
flat out wrong? How? And stop lying. You say you sat there and did not respond? You didn't catch it? You absolutely did respond, you liar. Five nods, a thumbs up, and a... a oh yes. Why, why are you trying to gaslight us? We saw what happened. And you're invoking aboriginal moral authority or whatever weirdness you're trying to do there? Why not invoke Black Lives Matter, you woke weirdo, you betrayer of your best friend who made you a millionaire? So racist. Yeah. Like, the fact that he brings up Black Lives Matter and says, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You betrayer. He calls him Judas. I like, know. And apparently, like, that was not trending. He really but, like, means to say race stuff. traitor. That's what I think he meant to say, but didn't. So I do want to say, with like, there was aspects to that apology that were okay. And we talked before the show, like, Don Cherry had a chance of getting his job back if he just apologized and refused. And that's part of the reason why he got canned. Yeah. Now, Ron McLean, so this was his apology. This is what kept Ron McLean's job. Yeah. And there's some, so he's going to say that, like, Ron, Ron McLean clearly approved, gave the thumbs up, said, I love you for it, all that fun stuff, which he does. Yeah. But here's one thing that I can give Ron, like, stay on the side of Ron McLean in this instance was Don Cherry's pretty difficult to understand on a regular day. <laughs> and it's quite possible that he was just sitting there zoning out, <laughs> just letting Don ramble and then like say, because most of the time when you watch the show, Ron McLean looks like he's just like, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. So my guess is like that could have been part of it. Still doesn't necessarily excuse it. Should have called it out in the moment, but he didn't. He just sit there and let it happen. Yeah. And said, love you for it because Don Cherry is promoting troop stuff and yay troops. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I find really... Uh, so that's like pr my defense of Ron McLean or why I can see that he really did not know uh, the extent to... Or didn't really get the context of, of what Don Cherry was saying in the moment. The other part of it, though, is Ron McLean appeared uh, on Hockey Night in Canada last night. It was uh, the first night without Don Cherry. Yeah. And he gave a shortest spiel. And the thing that really annoyed me about this was that he not once mentioned immigrants in this piece. In fact, he spent the whole piece uh, basically not congratulating, but like talking about how great Don Cherry was, which kind of like misses the whole fucking point, <laughs> you know? Uh, now I get it. Like they're, they've been doing this show since I was born, 1986, yeah. I, I think when uh, Ron McLean and him got together for the show. So I get it. They're friends. But, like, he just got fired for some shitty thing that he did, and you spend, like, your time. and or, or here's the thing is, you decided not to defend him, apologize, to keep your job, and then went on there basically praising him, even though he got fired for a reason that you said he sh not should have got fired for, but should have apologized for. So it's a bit, a bit friggin' weird. Hmm. But So that's most of the day. So he ends the first day of Don Cherry coverage. By calling those mad at Don Cherry hypocrites for also voting for Trudeau. So this is another talking point because like Trudeau for blackface, like he's obviously a racist and how could you support him? And for me, it's like two different contexts, right? I mean, in the case of Trudeau, you had people who I think were legitimately wrestling with the fact of Sheer being a worse thing than Trudeau. Yeah. And it's uh, Trudeau having his position. How does he know that these people voted for Justin Trudeau? No, <laughs> I know most of the people are probably NDP supporters. 
I don't know. It's like, I don't know, right? Like, they could be conservative voters and yeah. still don't like him. <laughs> this is a weird yeah, yeah. correlation that he just drew with no evidence, so... And so as he's wrapping up the first day, so and this whole thing is now blowing up all over social media, what do you think Rebel has decided to do? Make a petition. Make a petition. Because <laughs> if you want to get people's uh, emails, you got to get them right when there's a big story just going yeah, everywhere, yeah. right? So we had Blackface and he had that petition out. David Menzi got bumped by a bus and he had a petition go out. And now we got Don Cherry. So in the whole... Two months we've been doing the show. We got three petitions going. So now we're moving on. It's the 12th. This is, it's a day later. And so much has happened that Ezra has to cover it again. And he's focused this time on something super weird about the Don Cherry incident. Fuck. Which is that, can you, can you believe this? After they aired the initial segment, it got repeat airs several hours later on different channels. What? Which means that no one in Sportsnet stopped them from playing it. Which means that no one picked up on the fact that it was racist until the government got involved. Oh my god. <laughs> so now, now it's turned into a big conspiracy theory. And they're all in on it. CBC's in on it. Sportsnet's in on it. Facebook, Twitter's in on it. And the government of Canada is in on it. And they're all conspiring to get rid of Don Cherry because they're jealous of him. What? <laughs> Then out of nowhere, so I mean that's the opening gamut okay. of this yeah, week. Yeah, but then yeah. all of a sudden he gets sidetracked by a really stupid issue, which is that Ezra brings up this incident where a Syrian refugee, uh, refugee beat his wife with a hockey stick, and then claimed that uh, he didn't know that that was not allowed in Canada or something like this. What? <laughs> and the, here's the thing: is like I think the only reason this relates to the Don Cherry story is because in this incident there was a hockey stick. Which is a weird thing. So hockey that associates uh, uh, with. Dark. I don't know. I think so. I think this also, or he thinks that this proves that Don Cherry is right about immigrants or something. So then he's admitting it is yeah. about immigrants <laughs> the entire time. It's super weird, and I don't know what he's doing here. But the the ironic thing is that this is an incident that was brought up during the conservative leadership okay. uh, race. By someone named Kelly Leach, who was running to be okay. leader of uh, the Conservative Party. And during her run for leadership, she retweeted uh, this story. And it was actually a tweet by Candace Malcolm, who's from True North and is a regular on uh, Rebel News. And it basically highlighted of like the liberals are bad at immigration because, look, this immigrant came and beat this woman with a hockey yeah. stick, right? Yeah. okay. And this obviously got backlash yeah and the reason being is because no one is saying that every immigrant that comes to this country or every refugee that comes to this country is going to be a saint in fact they can commit crimes just like any other human being can commit yeah, crimes of course. and then they face the judicial system like that's how it works yeah. right uh and in fact although it's not really that re re relevant to my opinion which is that uh, refugees commit fewer crimes yeah than, <laughs> than uh, uh, citizens that already reside here. And the reason why I don't think it's relevant is because I think it's morally incumbent upon us to take in refugees when they're fleeing something like a war-torn country. And even though that might mean that the uh, stress of being in that country might maybe result in them committing more crimes, maybe in some sort of weird hypothetical that isn't even true in reality, but I'm saying like, 
even if it was true, I still think it's a good idea to take them. But yeah, I, I have no clue why he brings this up, and it's a stupid point to bring up anyways, okay. <laughs> all, all the way around. So then, then he goes. That's a weird connection. Hockey sticks, man. Yeah, it's hockey related, <laughs> whatever. So then he he moves back to talking about Don Cherry, and now he's changed the narrative again. So he goes, when Don Cherry said "you people," he wasn't talking about immigrants. He was talking about people said, in general who won't wear poppies. But he just said to... Oh, my God. <laughs> Not only that, but Ezra is now claiming that no one has ever done as much for veterans as Don Cherry. What? Which is why he is so upset with the Legion who denounced Don Cherry. How dare the Legion denounce Don Cherry? What's the Legion's excuse? Who signed that anonymous attack on Don Cherry? I'm a member of the Legion. That anonymous Twitter account doesn't speak for me. Was that just a social media intern who approved that tweet? I didn't. I think the Legion needs to find out what's going on. I, I can tell you if there was a survey of Legion members, it would be 10 to 1 in Don Cherry's favor. I mean, there was probably no Canadian who did more for veterans and serving soldiers and the memory of fallen soldiers than Don Cherry. Can you think of anyone else? It's like he's blown up to this, like, not just some sort of, like, cultic icon of, like, hockey as, like, He's just the man who's done everything for soldiers. Yeah, he's like godlike now. Yeah. Yeah, that's like insane. <laughs> and this this has actually led to one of the weirdest things about this whole Don Cherry saga, which is that after this tweet by the Legion occurred, a lot of right wing people online started attacking the Legion and veterans in general online as be like, how dare they go against Don Cherry? And like that's the whole, <laughs> like, the like, fuck? so somehow you've gone from Don Cherry supporting the troops and how dare anyone get mad at him for supporting them to now being like, fuck the troops because they've they turned against Don, Don Cherry. <laughs> and this has reached like asshole proportions. So this dude vandalized a World War I cenotaph what? in Toronto. Spray painted on it, ye broke faith with us. And this vandal was named Thomas Zog and has confessed to it and has admitted it was because of Don Cherry being fired and the Legion's response to the firing. And some background on Thomas Zog is that uh, he's a white nationalist and he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> he is also a member of the Proud Goys, which is an anti-Semitic offshoot of the Proud Boys. Oh, no. Yeah, so he's he's a fun guy. But it's, like, amazing that, like, like what is occurring in this person's head where it's, like, pro-troops, pro-troops, and then all of a sudden, now i got to, like, deface a war memorial <laughs> because no, people have turned against Don Cherry. So now, now that that's, you know, Don Cherry's mad at the Legion, he's now, this is where he gets super brain- about the conspiracy that's happening. They didn't fire Don Cherry for anything he did. They fired him because of the mob, or more to the point, because the Trudeau liberals told him to. I showed you the tweets. No, I don't think Sportsnet did this to save money on their contract. They probably had to pay him out his entire contract to sack him. They fired him to please the Twitter mob including the Liberal MPs. Again, not because they're worried that Don Cherry fans are going to stop watching Don Cherry because you had a Don Cherry moment, 
but that Justin Trudeau would punish them like Justin Trudeau punishes anyone with whom he has a quarrel. He punishes them, even his own attorney general. I believe we're seeing what life is going to be like in a second term of Justin Trudeau. It's what life would be like in the United States had Hillary Clinton won. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine? He's now seeing that Trudeau just has the, like, there's somehow there's like a dictatorship sports now. net is so under pressure from He's, Trudeau that he has the power of, like, firing Don Cherry. Like, he had the power of getting know, rid of Trudeau. You know what the largest issue that I have of conservative or just, like, right-leaning people is they think the fucking country runs like a business. Yeah. <laughs> like, as if the prime minister has ultimate control over any company and they have, like, a share in every stock and have say, like... Those companies could easily just go, no, fuck you. We're going to do what we want. Like, what are you going to do? Right? Like, oh, tax us. Ooh, right? Like, we're multimillionaires. Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, yeah. it's just so fucking ridiculous. But it's just this, that's how these, uh, these conspiracies happen with uh, far right people or just like right leaning people in politics is because they have this assumption that when you become like president or prime minister, that there isn't any like safety nets or laws around like the power you have. Like there's a reason why we have municipal, provincial, and federal. Yes, we <laughs> have all these different branches. There's reasons we have law in place, whistleblower protections. Like there, there's reasons for that. And it's just so people that get into those positions don't have ultimate power. And it's also like- well, When the right gets into power, look what's happening to Trump right now. He's broken the law so many times, and the right. So the right is cool with their guy breaking all the law and taking executive power. Oh, and just having... and then they get mad when the, the left, the left hasn't done anything, and yet they think that the left is doing what they wish they could do. You know what I mean? It's like this weird projection because they know that if a conservative got in power, they were just like, do everything we want, pass laws that are illegal. We don't care. Just do it. Make sure abortion is illegal across the land. Make sure. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. It doesn't matter if it brings anything in a constitution. Doesn't matter if it's. Even a lot of times I'm like, this isn't voted or debated on. You just arbitrarily went and unilaterally made a decision that really affect and hurt people, right? And it's just, it's, that's just crazy to me. Or it's like, I, I just can't wrap my head around this though. Because it's like, the problem is people talk about countries as if they're businesses. And that's where you get this like deficit thing too with like conservatives as they're like we're running a deficit oh no as if it's like a debt you owe to like some supernatural head organization that's like counting yeah. all the debts of the countries and i just never understood why people have this perspective i don't know it's frustrating it's, it's a little it's extremely frustrating and so it's just like he has no control over who gets hired or fired at a company no and the company probably has more say than fucking Trudeau does. So well, that's what's what, ridiculous what was, about it. He even raises this, which is a really like good point, which is that Sportsnet probably had to pay out a certain amount to fire him. Yeah. Now, why would they do that? Yeah. It was just... clearly an economic decision for that company. In fact, that's what like other people have speculated, which is that Don Cherry wasn't bringing in that much revenue anymore because he's the demographic that watches hockey is not the the manja cake is <laughs> demographic cake, anymore yeah. it's now uh punjabis and and all these other yeah, uh, the large ethnic groups that are watching the sport yeah and no one's not as many people are tuning into two white dudes whose politics are still stuck in the 1950s right yeah 
So they made an economic decision, but somehow, no, it's everyone. Social media, TV, <laughs> government, they're all concerned. Or it's like, and I, I'm critical of companies when they do this, when they try to like adhere to like left ideas or things that are blowing up on Twitter because they know people will like it better. Like, you know how, like, I think it was like Gillette did the razor commercial, yeah. like, boys will be boys, but then the right, like, was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. It's demonizing men. But I'm just like, they're doing this because they know that it will touch people's hearts yeah, that they so made a commercial. Yeah. But I, I fucking hate that because they don't actually do anything to like stop these issues. They're just, no, a social issue brings in more views and likes and like. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mixed feeling about it, which is that, I agree with you 100% of the, the cynics, of the cynical approach to it, which is like, I don't think Gillette, and, and Ezra mentions the Gillette ad, I just don't have it here. But okay, <laughs> of course. Uh, because like a similar thing, he thinks that this is just a liberal media, like kowtowing to sure, the yeah. But I agree with you that I don't think Gillette and I don't think Sportsnet really cares about these political issues. All they care is the money and they realize they can make money by appealing to the demographic that... Yeah. Things like this, right? But on the other hand, I would way prefer them. I would way prefer them signal boosting to these issues than to say signaling boosting for like fascist issues. So there's like a part of me that is like, it's obviously none of it's good because I wish we were out of a capitalist system. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I would much rather this. Signal no, it's it's there's definitely a structural issue, and it's like companies are going to do whatever makes them the most profit at the end of the day. Um, it's just certain things like diversity um and like clothing brands too just like it's like it's good because people will see themselves represented in like a clothing line but i'm like the only reason you did that was because no one else was doing that or everyone else is doing that (laughs) and you need to be competitive and i hate that that's the reasoning and logic that we do things like that yeah right like it's just you want it to be for a a what is like it? for instance, okay, so for authentic reasons. Yes, yes, that's that's my issue. Uh, like Rihanna's Fenty makeup line, which is supposed to really like address um, like the issue with makeup products that have a limited selection of skin col- colors Don't for people that have deeper skin complexions. And I think that's a fantastic line of makeup. It's really good, the makeup. Um, I think it's great, the crazy amounts of selection of foundations and just even like eyeshadows that will really help women. Um, Just having that, the different complexions and skin tones, but it's good. It's great. And like people see themselves represented in that. And that's great too, because it makes them feel better and it makes society understand like, you know, it's not just white people. Right. But like, um, it's like $50 for a bottle of foundation. Like that to me is just, uh, it's absurd. Like it's just Rihanna and you're paying for the, yeah. Or it's, or it's like, they have this, it's like a powder for your skin. You pat on, it's literally a giant puff ball that I think they hot glue gun to like a handle and you two hundred dollars <laughs> it's almost a hundred dollars yeah it's just insane so i'm like what 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 are you actually helping that have these people yeah. can't afford it like the average canadian can't afford that so i'm just like what right like yeah i mean it's i mean those are those are the tensions right like yeah. you can you can say you're all about this wokeness but really while capitalism is there and you still have this class division it's not gonna completely ameliorate uh society's problems so yeah it. But anyway, so that's day two. Now we're going to go on a bit of a diversion or a 
a bit of a sidetrack, which okay. is that after that episode airs, David Menzies gets to interview Don Cherry on his front porch. And Don Cherry begins, and I want to say this is actually an exclusive interview. So they were the first to interview Don Cherry. That says something about Don Cherry. That does say something about Don Cherry. And Don Cherry begins by saying that what he said was taken out of context and that the silent majority stands with them. So he's repeating the same language that Rebel has been using. Yeah. And the weird thing there about taken out of context implies that he didn't actually mean what people are saying that he said. And yet, as you're going to see, that's really not the cl- not the case. <laughs> like, it's clear that, like, Don Cherry, the reason why he's not apologizing is because he believes what he said. And he believes that what he said was to highlight that immigrants weren't wearing the poppies. And, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or else he would apologize for that. But instead, no, he's, he's claiming he was taken out of context. Menzies then asks the hard questions. You know, Don, I mean, uh, you've been on the air, uh, as I said, for almost 40 years. Um, even if this was considered offside, so to speak, um, why is it that you get, in a sense, the death penalty that you are you're canceled? What has happened in our culture where um, if you say the slightest offensive thing, instead of, uh, well, you know, that's his opinion, let's move on, that you are deplatformed you are cancelled, you are eradicated, even someone with your stature. Notice the language. He calls it, you got the death penalty, and obviously there's the pun there with the penalty, and he said your comments were offside, again, like oh fucking gosh. hockey puns, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, he calls it, you got the death penalty for being fired. And then he says, cancel culture, blah, 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 and then it's, somehow he equates that with eradication. Somehow as if, like, Cancel culture is itself like offing someone completely. As if Don Cherry has now been canceled from the universe. Yeah, I know. He's been dead. He's been killed. We killed him. We killed Don Cherry. (laughs) Uh, Like, I hate this. Like, they, they, they always do this. They equate all this stuff with like cancel culture being so devastating. And even Don takes this on. So listen to what Don says. And this is so fucking stupid. And I would dare say, if you care about the troops, it's fucking offensive too. Don, I understand too that you were somewhat disturbed that the announcement was made on November 11th. A lot of people have observed if this had to happen, why couldn't Sportsnet wait for the next day, you know, November 12th? Why take the focus away from the Veterans and Remembrance Day? I have no idea. I, uh, I, you'd, you'd have to ask them. And, uh, it, it, it kind of ironic that I, I would get canned on Remembrance Day with all those guys dying. I guess I died too with them. And uh, I, I have no idea. You'd have to ask them. I guess I died too with them. Here's Don Cherry equating dying in war to being fired because he was a bigot on his TV show. <laughs> not good. He cares about the troops, everyone. And not good. Yeah. Uh but then it gets worse. So that night, so that's that's the Menzies interview. Uh, there wasn't much else going on there. But now after the David Menzies interview, Don Cherry goes on Fox News to chat with Tucker Carlson. Oh. I'm going to play the clip. It's a bit weird because he both says he was taken out of context and that uh, he stands by what he says. And 
how do you how do you square those two things? You can't, but here he is saying it, and then Tucker says something completely silly at the end. The one thing that got me, uh, and they it was you people, and I suppose if I had it to do over again, I would have said everybody, but uh, you people are the people that they listen to. The silent majority, as you know, are always silent. The police are with me. The the um, forces are with me. How does he know that? With me uh, and the firefighters, the whole deal. But all the police are with and I was brought in, and I was told that I was fired after 38 years. And, you know, I stand by what I said, and I still mean it. So, I mean, I think what you were saying, tell me if this is what you're saying, that people who move to Canada ought to at least nod at the traditions of Canada. Like, why is that, why well, is that controversial? Well, don't ask me. And the big thing is, I should have said, if I had to come through, if I had been smart, and uh, protected myself, I should have said everybody should have been wearing a poppy. Yeah, well, like that's I okay. went downtown Trump. Yeah, and that's fair, fair enough to the whole thing. It's the two words that, that got it that you people, and as you know, people are very sensitive like that, and that's uh, they got me. But I, I, listen, well, they're not, I, I mean, I, if I just clarify, they're not sensitive at all. They're fascists. They're not, they actually <laughs> feelings. They're faking their outrage. They're trying to crush you because they want to exert yeah. power because it makes them feel big when actually inside they're small. They're fascists. And they don't have feelings. People on the left don't have feelings, Gaylin. We're fascists. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, what is, like, trying to square what Don Cherry is saying? He's, like, he's focusing on the fact of, like, I got fired simply because I said, you people. Which is, like, again, has nothing fuck at all to do with it. It has to do with the fact of, what did you mean by you people? It doesn't yeah. have to do with the words themselves. And if you said everybody, okay, sure. But you didn't say everybody. You said you people and then focused on the immigrants. And then it's also, he also prefaced that with saying, you come to the land of milk and honey. So that's what angers me the most, is the surrounding context before he says you people is prefacing that he's saying immigrants. That's what, yeah. he, that's what he's saying. You come to this country, you get your milk and honey, and it's you people who are not wearing up. That's what I'm like, what? Everything you're talking about was about immigrants. Even if you say everybody, in that context, we're still going to hear you're talking about immigrants. So it actually had nothing to do with it. The whole line of speech was about immigrants. It wasn't just two words. I just still can't believe fascists. <laughs> <laughs> yep. People who get mad at Don... Like, Again, it's this whole notion that somehow if you get mad at someone for saying something bigoted, that you're a fascist for calling them out on it. I, I like, and it's a frustrating discourse because there's so many people that I talk to that try to tell me that somehow like uh, the Soviet Union and China and were really fascists. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh that actually happened to me. I was at a, when I went to go buy my car a year ago, um, the car dealer, who's a friend of my, my uncle, um, we started talking and I guess cause he worked for my uncle and he thought I could, he could be a little more relaxed and less professional around me. Yeah. So he started asking me what I did for a job and like what I'm doing for school. And I was saying that at the time I was working for a union and he was like a union. And he was so angry that I worked for a union. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm right, baby, all the way, right. 
you, I can't even be even close to left. I was like, oh, fucking God, please get me out of here. And at the time, I'm waiting for them to give me some paperwork to sign. And uh, the admin assistant was going and printing off the the papers that I'm just waiting in this office. And this guy's ranting to me about all his right-leaning views. And I was just like, get me the fuck out of this room. Like I didn't say anything to him. And he kept trying to challenge me. And one of the things he said, he's like, do you know Hitler was a socialist? And I was like, oh, fuck's sakes. Like, that's what got me. Like, I was just like, no, there are two different things. And then I also had to tell him, I was like, it was the communists that actually like liberated Germany, like learn history properly. Just because someone has socialist in the name doesn't mean socialist values. Like, it, it just really angered me. Um, I've had a, uh some people on the far right come at me like quoting passages from uh Mussolini's works trying to argue that Mussolini was a left winger (laughs) the crazy part about even like Mussolini is like you actually have like a Marxist scholar that he imprisoned and starved and he died in prison writing the prison notebooks Antonio Gramsci yeah Yeah. during that time and it's really funny because he was like a self-proclaimed communist and that's why they jailed him and he was like against the war, so against fascism in Italy. So like, yeah, but you can point to like one of one of Mussolini's plans was to like improve the work week and how many hours you sure, work. Sure. Therefore, he's a communist. Caitlin, why don't you understand? <laughs> but yet they removed all the unions and burned every left leaning book that had to deal with any sort of Marxist thought. If you outwardly spoke about Marxism or communism, they would execute you. So nah, leftists are the real fascist caitlin you just don't understand it just gets me so angry or even like the other day i I was talking to my parents and i told them because we we went out and saw i just told you before the movie jojo rabbit which is about like a hitler youth camp it's a satire of it really great highly recommend it and my dad was like i didn't know russia was the one that or the soviet union was the one that came in and stopped Nazi Germany. I thought it was or, Americans. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, Berlin or whatever. What? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then I mean, they weren't the sole force that stopped Germany, but they did. They were the ones to first reach Berlin. Yes. So there is a scene in the movie where that's happening, and they're shooting. It's a satire, so yeah. it's very comical. <laughs> but it's like the Russians are here and they're killing Nazis and they're all freaking out in this yeah. this scene. But then my dad was like, "The Russians? I thought it was the Americans that came in." <laughs> and it's just because people are so unaware of the like, the history of yeah. actual both world wars that they didn't realize like those are two separate things. That's a huge integral part of World War Two, though. To forget. Like the whole like Germany pushing people, against the Russians no, and getting bogged down. And, a lot yeah, of people on the Eastern Front don't know that the reason why Hitler failed was because he broke a pact that he had with Stalin, and so Stalin was like "fuck you" <laughs> and then came in. Well, broke the pact and then tried to invade Russia. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that too. Yeah, but a lot of people just don't know about that like they they, maybe they weren't taught it in schools maybe it was taught in school but they just like you know there's a lot in history class that you take in grade 10 so maybe it was like something they forgot about or like was just briefly discussed right so you have a lot of people with this misinformation and another reason too is we think we're like the center of the fucking universe here or america is the center of the universe because it's such a powerhouse and 
because of American culture as well, is that we think we did everything that was great and fantastic to this world, and start including stopping wars. Not to say that America didn't have great involvement in stopping it. They did, right? Especially once the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, so... And they did some bad things. I would say dropping the the two nukes was probably oh, a good move. Oh, absolutely <laughs> horrible, which started another whatever. We can yeah. have a whole segment on just that, but like <laughs> So we're going to we're going to move on. So that's we're now 2 days in on Don Cherry and then something happened such that he talks about it again on the 13th. And this is that a CTV host named Jessica Allen said something on her show called uh, The Social, which is kind of like The View. I know exactly what you're talking about, about how she was bullied by hockey players. Yeah, so we're going to play the clip of of Jessica Allen that's got Ezra all upset. I think it struck a nerve because I'm told he's a Canadian icon and he's a symbol of the great sport of hockey, which is the sport that unites us across this country. And that narrative is the one that strikes a nerve with me because I don't worship at the, ho- the altar of hockey. I never have. And maybe it's because of where I grew up, but there's, there's a, and going to a couple different universities, there's a certain type of person in my mind, in my experience, who does. And they all tended to be white boys who weren't, um, let's say, very nice. They were not generally thoughtful. They were often bullies. Uh, their parents were able to afford to put them, you know, spend $5,000 a year on minor hockey instead of $5,000, a lot of money. You could do other things besides spending your time in an arena. You can go on a trip and learn about the world, see other things, eh? You know, like it's, it, the place is a, the world is a big place. Maybe get side out of that bubble. And for me, Don Cherry is the walking and talking representative of that type. Mm-hmm. And he's a type of person that now people wanted, like, and I know he's done some good things, but at the same time, when someone good is also to, able to make fun of people who believe in climate science, who's also able to be like, whether he's charming or not, but he's still a bigot and a misogynist, when you're, you know, to have those two things, like, I dismiss those people. I find it embarrassing. I find it embarrassing that there's a big chunk of the country that is so upset about this. Hockey doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sorry. It's not. You're still a great Canadian. And I'm still a great Canadian. Who is that low testosterone guy in the crowd? <laughs> That's great. That's exactly what I was saying. Who who dragged him along? And what bet did he lose? Or holy moly, I wonder what his story is. So he plays this whole clip and then just... focuses on one audience member who is enthusiastically clapping. And I have to say, I agree with pretty much everything that she had to say. <laughs> There was actually like a lot of blowback, like a lot of people I think wrote into the social saying that, oh, we were poor and we still played hockey and like you, you can't generalize all of us and like. And I was poor and couldn't. So whatever. Just that annoyed the shit out of me too, because I'm like, she's talking about her specific experience in her high school where she was bullied by a specific group of guys that she's saying were all rich and played hockey and had this little culture and to be honest i experienced that too when i was in high school i dealt with a huge class divide in my high school where it was like you had these really preppy yeah white all white rich white kids rich white kids that all played hockey they had like their own little like uh lingo and like little language 
And they had like almost like an accent when they spoke. I can't, I can't even explain it. It's just like, it was like this little subculture that they created or they'd be like, yeah, sick flow, bro. Pass me the sauce, bro. Like that's just how they, yeah, that's how they talked. And then the guys would like grow out their hair into these like partial mullets almost during the hockey season. And a lot of them would wear like hockey jerseys over their uniforms. I went to Catholic high school. Um, And they were horrible to people. We had a program that had people um, with physical and mental disabilities and they would bully them a lot of times. They would, um, I I mean, just like horrific things that I just, I I couldn't believe some people would do that to another person, um, to people that were in a position of vulnerability already, like people with physical disabilities in a wheelchair and stuff. The guys would, I remember, pretend to have a crush on the girl and that would like the girl, they would pay each other bets and like to lead yeah. on this girl. Like, like that's just horrible. And the thing is, they knew that they, that guy didn't like them and they would be like, leave me alone. And then they'd still pester them. Um, or I remember one guy had like a photo album of like unflattering pictures of girls. So he would go with his phone and try to snap like really unflattering pictures of the girls and then post it in this album. And so girls would be like kind of fearful. I specifically was of this one girl, her, um, and I'm not going to say her name, but she had um, a, a mental or developmental disability. And it was just like these unflattering angles and it was like a whole album of it. And I just... I was shocked that someone would spend so much effort and time into like humiliating someone on social media publicly. And it was just horrific. Um, And a lot of these guys were like really abusive to girls too. There was a case where this one guy uh, slammed his girlfriend's face into a locker at my school, I remember. And it was like a whole ordeal. And he got, I think, suspended for it. Um, Like just, just horrible, horrible, poorly raised children. And they were all, all played hockey, all really wealthy. Majority, I think there was like one that was like, I think Latino, but the other ones were all white, like, like majority white. And I think that's an experience that when you talk to a lot of people, they, that don't play hockey or are kind of outside that community, they had that in their high schools. And I think some of the older generations might have not experienced it as much as, I don't know. It's kind of like jock culture. With no, football exactly. in, and course, in America. And of course, they're not means. all like that. Like, my cousin no, my cousin uh, got injured and couldn't continue. But he's always been one of the kindest people I've ever known. And now is an environmental scientist where he makes fun of Ezra's books and <laughs> works on the oil sands. Yeah. Or, like, doesn't work on the oil sands, but has studied them. Or I knew people, too, that, you know, played hockey, were really good at hockey. And I think they were accepted by that group because they were really talented in the sport. Yeah. But then fucking hated them. And they, you know, always be like, I fucking hate these guys, right? Like, and they just hang around me because, you know, I'm good at the sport, right? And they admire that. And I just think it's a really toxic culture that no, hockey and, has. And it's because it's, it almost has like the status of the church in the sense of because it such, has such cultural importance. Like, I know uh, one of my friend's uh, sisters, she knew people so she was involved in hockey who were abused by like male coaches and like stuff like this yeah. and, and how like the system was there to protect them because he was the hockey coach right like he's yeah. like this infallible figure and they predated on like women and like there's all this evidence coming out uh 
that has already come out about hockey players who were abused by their coaches in high school and stuff like this. Yep. Uh, it's it, it has become this this thing like any of these uh, systems that are like arising are be are being uh, uncovered in the Me Too movement, sort of exposing oh, the structures. Oh, it's absolutely of, like a toxic masculine yeah. culture. Um, and it's also got like this frat boy kind of culture. It's it, extremely similar to how football works in the States. Oh, 100%. And it's like a lot of times people are very easy to defend hockey players. And I don't know. Uh, the whole thing is just... But it, but it gets from this to then like proving Jessica Allen's point by harassing her on Twitter, harassing her all over the place. Yeah. You know, and it gets so... Even Ezra, in the next segment, basically bullies her by starts... He starts going through uh, Jessica's Instagram account. Okay. And starts mocking her pictures. And making fun of the way she looks and what she's taking pictures of. That's exactly what guys do in high school to bully women. And And this is coming from Ezra, a 47-year-old asshole who's complaining about, like, it's ridiculous. Here's the clip. And I think her specialty is, sorry to say it, I think it's, it's being gross. It's being the gross one, the dirty one. I think that's her shtick. I mean, this is sort of funny. That's a funny picture. You got to admit. We that's can't funny. see what the picture is. But this one, audio. Um, this is sort of gross. I, 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 I don't really want to look at people sitting on the toilet. She posted this to Instagram. Now, lucky her, she found a man who loves her for who she is. And apparently he is totally into toilet photos. Uh, that she publishes too, so they really have a lot in common. That's her sense of humor shining through. Um, she sure likes bathrooms, and she likes using the word shit. I think that's her thing. She's the shit girl on on the social. Uh, look, what do I know about daytime TV for wine moms? I guess they they have the pretty girls, the fashion girls, and then they got this the shit girl. So they got the pretty girls, and then they got the shit girl. So Jessica Allen is now the shit girl. And how fucking immature do you have to be to then go through this woman's Instagram account? And like, like I don't even know what picture he's talking about, but I'm sure it was just like a comedic photo or yeah, like that's what it sounds like. some stupid shit. But he has to go and uh, show it to all his viewers and mock her. Like, this is somehow helping things. Uh, and again, prove her fucking point. Just prove her point. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah. So Ezra's then back to Don Cherry and his new, his new, so he's been reframing you people yeah, <laughs> constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the new, the new framing is Don Cherry says you people all the time. Oh my God. And he's never meant it in a racist way. <laughs> uh, it's like they're, they're just throwing everything at the wall and hoping that eventually something will stick. But uh Ezra then sends Menzies down to cover this protest. So there was a protest outside of uh, the Rogers building in Toronto. Okay. And only a handful of people showed up. Nothing was said during the Menzies interview uh, to really cover, so I just ignore it. But I wanted to take a few seconds to talk about some of the people who showed up. A lot of the people who showed up have various ties to, say, the Yellow Vest movement in Canada, the Wolves of Odin, members of the Canadian Nationalist Party. fascists. Oh, fascists. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including uh, members who attacked the LGBTQ community uh, during this uh, year's Hamilton Pride Parade. Uh, They attended it as well. And uh, 
One of the reporters from News Talk 1010 covering the protest had this to say uh, about the people protesting. So this is what he says. I want to stress this uh, first few people we spoke to were genuine Don Cherry fans, but it wasn't long until I heard rape gangs, communism, globalists, pedophile ring, and an Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, So again, there was like maybe 20 people there. Also, one far-right person uh, was accused of being a member of Antifa by other members because of the boots they were wearing and then was assaulted by another far-right asshole. (laughs) Thought he was a member of Antifa. And it gets worse. So the guy who threw the punch, his name is Martin Brousseau, and he came to the protest in a giant yellow school bus that stayed parked in front of the Roger Building entrance for several days, blocking people from coming and going. And I'm, the cops didn't get rid of him, and I'm surprised why, because some white dude uh, is protesting Don Cherry. Yeah. Uh, but the school bus was parked there for several days. And if you want to know anything about this Brousseau character, he was found guilty in 2015 for assaulting his wife. He strangled his wife in 2012 while she held on to her 10-month-old child. In 2015, against the orders by the court, he again attacked his ex-wife and then assaulted her 18-year-old son coming to her defense and then proceeded to turn on the gas stovetop in an attempt to blow the house up before the cops arrived. He has since been discharged from the Canadian Armed Forces. So these are the totally normal people that Ezra has sent David Menzies to cover who are the heroes protesting against the firing of Don Cherry. Nice, nice folks. So that's it. That's the end of our Don Cherry coverage. And I just want to say we're going to say farewell to a Canadian icon. So do you have any final thoughts about uh, about Don Cherry? No, yeah. it's, I'm over it. I'm just over hearing about this. It's like been too much. It's like a gross amount. There's bigger fucking issues. I also want to point out in the world right now, like what's going on Bolivia. with Bolivia, Hong Kong. <laughs> Right, Chile, all those other countries right now that are dealing with conflicts, and it's That's like this is this is what's kind of upsets me is because there's actually like these bigger issues, and we're co- we have so much coverage in this over a line that a guy said that is bigoted and should have been fired, and it's like get the fuck over it. Well, like, let's be honest, I didn't want to cover this. We have to because it's all. No, this is our show, but like. <laughs> No, I didn't think Ezra was going to get into no. deep systemic issues in the Latin American countries. I mean, but even, like, even the impeachment hearing would have been a lot more. Oh interesting, my gosh! Right? Yes, I even <laughs> forgot about that because there's been so much Don Cherry hype, right? Yeah. And you think that he would cover with like there's there's been so much news out lately of just about like these historical changes to history going on right now. And the fact that he covers something that's really so fucking petty. <laughs> Spends three days entirely oh my on God, It just angers me. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. So, uh, we salute you, Don Cherry. Oh, gross. And we give you a bigot's farewell. You people love, you, you they come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you could pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. I don't know whether I'm dangerous, I just say what I think, and I, it's the way I think. You can say it's bigotry if you want, I don't think it is, I'm pro-Canadian.
Now he's a sexist and all that stuff. I don't believe, and I really believe this, I don't believe women should be in the male dressing room. I, I know, wait a minute, I remember the first time it happened to me, guys are walking around naked, and I hear this woman's voice, I turn around, there's a woman, she's asking me about the power play, I said, let's go outside, and I just, I, she said, I'm not embarrassed, I said, I am. It'd be Canada first, and Canada only, that's what I am, a nationalist. I'm gonna start a new power, the nationalist. I'm saying natives uh, have an inferiority complex is when something happens some, to them. I said and you'd have they, to ask Chris, but it, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't some kids feel like they haven't been given a fair shake in life? Ask Davis. Fair that. shake in life. Go out and get your own fair shake in oh, life and work done. for it. Don't That's, give me that stuff. Don't give me It's like Ted Nolan. When Ted Nolan didn't get the job, it was racism. It was racism. It wasn't racism. He, him and Muckler did, got at it, and that's why he didn't get hired. So don't give well, me that no, stuff. But since you bring Vote me in. And I guarantee you, as I stand here, no foreign trawler would come in and touch one fish. You know, I was going to come on here and be a good guy. You know, right, the first show, don't talk about the Russians and, you know, and all that stuff. And be old. you know, I go, oh, we'll let them come over here. No way. I don't want them here. The players don't want them here. And you're going to be sorry they're over here. They're ticked off at the foreigners coming over here, earning the dough. Commissioner, I think you have to start thinking and think about uh, well, guys like me know what's talking, not the left-wing, pickle media, bleeding hearts guys. Foreign aid, if you want to get into that, here we got people dying. Here we got people dying for want of beds and we're giving money to the foreigners. No way. It'd be Canada first. That was sickening last week, by the way. What? Uh, that's, what is that going on with you here? That's not. What is this stuff on here? We're hockey night in Canada, and we're talking about saving the world and all that stuff. Let's talk hockey. Well, that's the whole idea behind December yeah. the 25th. Let's talk about some good guys. Okay. Let's talk about the troops. When you come to the games, keep your eyes on the puck. And I'm telling you, I've seen some awful smacks, and it's always a woman yapping away there. How could you not like me on TV if you're a Canadian? Good old boy like me. <laughs> oh, so that's it. I hope to never hear of Don Cherry. Oh ever my again. God. <laughs> if you enjoy what you've heard so far, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news. If you want to stay informed about what we are doing, you can also find us on Twitter at imperial news with a Z or Z. <laughs> what are your preferences? Uh, we have a private Facebook group called Imperial News. We also have a Discord set up. You can find the link on our Twitter and I will eventually start streaming shows on Twitch. Username is imperial news. Lastly, you can email us any questions at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com and I will get to some of them at the end of each show if we have any. I would also like to thank my friend Mason Tickle who provided the Star Wars inspired transition beats. He has an album that came out. Find it at thestriatum.com or striatum.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, it is a Canadian tradition to wear a hockey helmet when you're punching fascists. Albumia, Albumia, how lovely are your wheat fields.